and good morning everyone and welcome to the world of City Avenue at Panera Bread. <laughs> good morning. Good morning, Pam. And how I'm are you so today? I'm happy to be joining everybody on Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. Uh -huh. And having technology that works, even though it required you to leave your house. Relocate for the day. A different environs. Well, we can't have it. It can't all be this perfect. True. Mercury is in retrograde after all. That is true. Although that this is, is supposed true. to be the kindest Mercury in retrograde of the year, apparently. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Elena says, good morning, all. Another overcast day on the coast of Maine, but life is good. Yay. Love that. Yay. Yay. That is good. I'm in this beautiful, it's a little overcast here today. I'm in, in, in this nice little area. I'm watching all the cars on City nice. Avenue. And uh, looking at all the crazy buildings that they're building. Mm. That was once that was once part of a huge estate, apparently, and also where the um, Marriott used to be. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. I know right where you are. Panera mm -hmm. usually mm -hmm. is a pretty reliable Wi-Fi source, so thank you to Panera, who's not officially sponsoring this podcast, but is helping us it nonetheless. Mm -hmm. um, I am so glad to see everybody. I know, and Miss Betty's not here. My gosh. No. <laughs> and it's her she chapter. She has to be here for this chapter. <laughs> oh, I'm going to text her mm -hmm. right now. <laughs> Speak and she appears. Good morning, ladies. Ah, there she is. Betty, you had us concerned. <laughs> we felt a little yes, odd talking about this chapter without you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> God forbid. She says, the day has come. Paul's chapter. Yay. Yay. <laughs> it's only been how a long? Month. <laughs> a month, actually. It's a little, a little under a month. I looked. But we did have okay. parties in between. Mm -hmm. that, that is very math. <laughs> Boy, Ellie's even on. Good morning, math. Ellie. Good morning. <laughs> She wouldn't miss this one for the world. I, we knew. We knew. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's just so good to have everybody back and hoping you've all had a good week. I know it's been a little crazy for Shell, giving you extra hugs there, Shell. Yep. Just. It's uh, all the weather changes. Ugh. It's been crazy. Yes, yes it has been. I know it's, you said mm -hmm. it's cloudy where you are right now. It's sunny here. It was cloudy earlier. And it's 77 and clear out in Vegas where Shell is. <laughs> well, it's, it's about a thousand degrees here. So it's your humidity. Yes. But, but we won't talk about that. No, anyway. Not at all. So... So Betty's we ready have very, for autumn. Are you? I know a couple people are. I am not. <laughs> I know you're not. I've been in fall like weather though, so that might be why. If you want to get a cool, mm -hmm. go cool, you need to go up to the mountains. That's true. That is true. 
it will make a huge you difference. At, you were up at, was it Cherry? Cherry State Springs. Park? I was at Cherry Springs State Park. We had uh, Leslie and her family were there, and they had a beautiful, clear sky. This is true. To see all kinds of. This is true. It was really, really fun. Mm -hmm. Highly recommend going to a, one of the designated dark sky spots so you can see mm -hmm. uh, the stars and the Milky Way and even the little satellites floating around. <laughs> Elena says, no, Betty, <laughs> Leslie and I can talk about the nice extra warm weather. Love it. And Ellie, I'm so mm -hmm. glad to hear she survived the hurricane on the west coast of the U.S., very, mm -hmm. very rare. And it's back to hundreds mm -hmm. around her parts. Um, Survivor-led first week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, uh, God, I can imagine that would be more difficult than the uh, hurricane. That first week back was full yeah. stuff. And that was more mm -hmm. difficult than the hurricane, she said. Betty yep. says, I yep. only like summer because of ice cream. I can live without the high humidity. Yeah, the humidity I can do. I understand. I get so, it. Although it is good for my curly hair, even though it's not curly anymore. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I lost all the curly hair. It ebbs and flows. It does. It does. But anyway, so then we get yes. started. Um, as our world, well, as you know, SR's kind of been in hiding the last few days, so it's fairly old news. <laughs> However, we can try. Um, I know that the parts two and three are going to be, be releasing uh, this year. I think part two is going to be in the early fall and part three and around Christmas. Um, you know, the SAG after is strike has kind of put a kibosh on any of the filming at Passion Flicks. But, uh, you know, he, SR is very happy that the uh, redemption is finished. So that's a good thing. Um, he's also been in investigating the possibility of releasing some of the books in hardback form. And he'd welcome any feedback from anybody who might want to uh, let him uh, let him know. I've already told him that I, I will I will tentatively buy more, mm -hmm. <laughs> depending upon finances as, as, at the moment. But the good news is I did get my airline ticket uh, set for PassionCon. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, just have to finish paying back my good friend uh, for the balance of the ticket for the room. Wonderful. And Betty knows yeah, she would like to yeah. see part three in 2024, but me too, Betty. Not meant to be. I think they want to get everything out this year. True. Yeah, it's going to take them a while to get anything done. They're waiting for that strike to end. Right. Right. I, I love the so. idea of, of having something to look forward to into the beginning parts of 2024. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And Ellie would and, uh, love to have a hardback set. Always, yeah, just send us our, a little note <laughs> through Twitter or X now. Or, we'll, we'll let him know although, that, too. Yeah. 
I have not updated my Twitter in my phone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the laptop and, and my iPad automatically update it, but not my phone. Mm. So I don't have the X on my phone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. I still have the little bluebird. Betty, the voice of reason, <laughs> saying, we have a strike, extend the film's release. <laughs> you know, maybe they'll decide to that do that if the strike is still going on late into the year. I don't know. Well, I know that the Writers Guild has started going back and talking, but they're not really getting very far right at the moment. Yeah. Um, I heard, I read this yesterday on Business Insider. Oh, good. And, uh, but yeah, they're still going back and forth about a lot of stuff, but trust mm -hmm. and uh, so and we have Ayer Festus with us hello there <laughs> and a new listener mm. so, so uh, Asar was in the middle of a uh, at the when he sent this he was in the middle of a heat advisory and he was going to be escaping to cottage country in beautiful north of uh, Northern Canada, by the lakes and all, which is a, my husband used to tell me about when he was a kid that they would, they always, they had a cabin up there, and they used to love going up there in the summer, and that's when, that's also when he was going to, uh, what was it, Little Camp Buckaroo. Oh, oh my gosh, that's so cute. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, Elena's saying, let's yeah, have yeah. another premiere, Redemption 3 at PassionCon. <laughs> Betty's saying, I'm okay with movie marathons. And by marathon, I mean taking a whole week to watch one film. <laughs> Sometimes with your schedule, Betty, I would imagine that's how it ends up happening for you. Yes, with all the blessings. <laughs> Betty is a busy woman. Uh, yes, she is. Oh, my goodness. Yes, she is. And Brenda's on. Good and morning, Brenda. Brenda. And uh, she's driving to mom's. Flora's driving oh, to her mom's. Yes, I'm glad you're but tuning in, Flora. Good morning. Mm -hmm. Can't wait for more redemption, and, she said, uh, and loved mm -hmm. uh, season two of Amy Benson. Too good. So, yeah, I'm mm -hmm. still going through the I'm, I'm doing things slowly, although I'm behind. I was going to do one episode a week. So I only did one episode and now I have to do two more, I think. Yeah, I, I have. To, I'm, I'm working on episode mm -hmm. three. I, I've had to catch up on a lot of things. Outlander. <laughs> oh. one of them. Men in Kilts was another. Men in Kilts. I'm I, and, uh, I'm so behind yeah. on everything because I've been. Work, 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 and mom, 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 and, and yep. Cherry Springs. Yep. <laughs> well, there you go. You had I excuse. had a good excuse. I was in the wilderness. You were. <laughs> Betty still needs to catch up on to watch season two of Amy Benson as well. Yeah, I mean, why well, rush through? I know people binged it, and I get that because they want to see the whole thing, but we're not going to have new content for a while, folks. <laughs> so... Take this opportunity to catch up or watch things you've never had a chance to watch before. I think they, um, I think they are going to be filming some author mm -hmm. interviews. Oh, definitely. So, 
J.R. Ward I, I, yesterday. I saw um, yesterday Amy, and Amy she Doss. did, who was it, South Dakota? Amy does. Amy does. Mm. yeah. So uh, it should be fun. Should be fun. And Anna Tata, so I believe, Tosca was seen with. Anna, mm-hmm. So it should be interesting. That looks uh, like it's going to be fun. At least it will give them some content uh, until the strike is finished and they can get back mm -hmm. to uh, doing her other stuff. <clears throat> and Brenda's saying, LOL, Any. just rewatch it over and over or read the book and then rewatch it again. <laughs> and Ashley, hello. She was True. doing some errands. That's why she's late. Glad you could join us. Mm. Just we're talking about the latest um, news and the fact the strike's still going on. And we're very mm -hmm. hopeful. Mm -hmm. It's always, it, it, it'll, it'll work itself out <clears throat> at some point. Right. So fingers crossed. Uh, what was that line I always heard? Fingers crossed and playing <laughs> Yes. I think, I think that was like a Blues Brothers. I, I, I feel like that was, that sounds like a Blues Brothers thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you've never seen mm -hmm. that, you guys really need to. It's really iconic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. An iconic uh, piece of Americana right there. They're on Absolutely. a mission from God. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, I got $2, a pack of cigarettes, and a full tank of gas. <laughs> Sounds like a scam. <laughs> Minus the cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Minus the cigarettes. <laughs> um, True. On Betty Notes, I never thought I would say this, but we need to slow down. A slow burn, like Gabriel when he makes love to Julia. That's yes. true. I, I, I'm i totally agreeing with that. And Elaine is watching one and, week and of The Secret Life of Amy Benson. Amy Benson, yeah. And with her housebound friend, Sue. That, oh, and I love oh, nice. that. I love that, a when, uh, the Wednesday screening. I love that. And along with a couple mm -hmm. of other series, mm -hmm. we fill in with any of the Gabriel movies. And yes, mm -hmm. Betty, replace the cigarettes with chocolates. That's about right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Betty's traveled with us. She knows us so well. She does. <laughs> um, so let's dig in to Betty's favorite chapter, okay. chapter 16. I shouldn't say your favorite chapter, but definitely high on the list because of who's in it. Of, of yes. So as you know, we are still in Oxford at uh, the it's prestigious... Uh, lecture series that Professor Picton pulled together. Julia had just finished earlier in the day presenting, and uh, she felt really, really good about her um, reception, which was awesome. And as we enter Chapter 16, Julia was making the rounds. Um, speaking with Professor Wodehouse and others, they almost all agreed that her paper was well-researched and that she handled herself well with the questions. <laughs> yes, Shell, Paul is Betty's favorite subject. And as Betty notes, Paul, my handsome stud, she said, mm -hmm. I feel robbed. I would have loved to have seen the whole scene in the film. Paul made some excellent points. Yes, I... I, I know. I still think that for me that scene uh, for chapter for part one was my favorite of the whole the whole thing. 
Um, so when some of the participants and some of the attendees found out uh, that Julia was only a grad student, she was, they were very surprised uh, because they thought she was a junior professor, which again, speaks very highly to her, um, you know, her expertise, even at this young stage of her career. Gabriel walked outside in the sunshine while Julia basked in her triumph. He was thankful that it was not raining and that they had really beautiful weather while they were in Oxford. Um, and I'm glad for that too. Uh, I think Julia had so many hopes of seeing this place and I think for her to be at Oxford with the gorgeous weather and able to explore the campus, I think was extra special for her. And Gabriel is also extremely grateful to the way Julia's paper was received. She was a bit nervous and there was room for improvement, but given this from a freshman doctoral student, many were indeed impressed with her. He silently offered a prayer. He saw Paul walk towards him mid-prayer. And Betty says, so does this mean the rest of the professors were not impressed with Paul's presentation? As if. <laughs> no, Betty, that does not mean just because one got praised doesn't mean the other wouldn't have gotten praised. I'm not taking it that way because Paul's a smart guy. And if he wasn't, Gabriel would never have agreed to read his, to, to you know, be his advisor when he was doing his studies at University of Toronto. You know? That's right. Um, mm -hmm. So we asked SR about this, and I'm not going to be able to cut and paste the questions in today, but I just wanted to let you know. Um, we did ask SR several questions on this chapter, and we asked him when you were writing the books, did you always envision Paul confronting Gabriel at some point? Why did you select this setting to have the confrontation? You know, this question, I, I asked this one, and it really came from the, you know, curiosity on his his writer's process, right? With SR, does he have certain mm -hmm. highlights that he has in mind when he sets out to write? Or does this kind of flow? And I was curious why he selected this setting. So SR said, when I was writing the book, I envisioned Paul wanting to confront Gabriel, but being in a position where it would be difficult to do so. Paul is in a vulnerable spot and as he's trying to finish his PhD and as he needs a letter from Gabriel to confirm his service as a graduate assistant and former advisor. Technically, losing Gabriel as his supervisor would be an incredible blow to his future, except that in this case, Catherine has stepped in and she is much more of an eminent scholar than Gabriel, but there are wheels within wheels, as they say. The scene between Gabriel and Paul as it was brought to life on film is very well done. The conference was produced very well and the shots of Oxford are amazing. Lots of familiar faces in the audience before and during the conference. So, mm -hmm. I like the fact that Azar had that, um, kind of shared that with us. And. And Shell says that when uh, she always thinks of Thomas Aquinas mm. with this. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
when hearing about Paul's work. Right. Maybe we'll ask SR about that show. And Betty says, God bless Lady Catherine. Ah, she's a marvel. She's a wonder woman, that's for sure. She is. So as Paul approaches, they make polite conversation. But Gabriel noticed a certain amount of agitation with Paul. He asked Paul if there was a problem. Deliberately soft. And I think Julio nailed this. I think his approach in this scene was mm -hmm. just spot on. And of course, I think James as well. But when he said, is there a problem? I was like, now it's on. <laughs> um, Paul said no and was about to go back into the college when he muttered, fuck it. He pulled himself together, turned to Gabriel, and said that Professor Picton wanted him to be a reader on his dissertation. And Gabriel said, yes, Catherine had mentioned it to him. Paul asked if it was something he would consider. And then Gabriel, you know, this is so cat and mouse. Then Gabriel said, yes, he would consider mm -hmm. it. His topic was good, and he was quite satisfied with the work he had done with him. And he had passed him to Catherine for personal reasons. Otherwise, he still would be directing his dissertation, which he knew. And I'm, I'm seeing some of the comments. <clears throat> All hail the picked in. Betty says, my sweet Paul, what a predicament. And she said the mm -hmm. audiobook was amazing and the film was great and yeah, it was. good, but the audiobook, wow. Well, of course, because <laughs> well, we can't go wrong with John yeah. Mike, yeah, John exactly. Michael Morgan. Ashley saying, love the audiobook of the series. And naughty Paul, Betty said, cursing. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when he made this reference about Catherine um, being taken on, uh, taking on Paul, uh, because Gabriel had to pass. Paul over to him for personal reasons, Paul looked away uncomfortably and changed the subject. Um, he mentioned how well Julia had done and how she handled Krista. Gabriel remarked how strong she was and how remarkable, also commenting to Paul that he had an awful lot to say about his wife. <laughs> mm -hmm. And Paul, with a hardened glare, asked, you know, because you could tell, and, and in this scene... Reading it, listening to it, viewing it. It was simmering. Paul, this has been simmering within Paul for years, right? And, but mm -hmm. now he, he just couldn't help himself. And he's like, what are you going to do to end the rumors? Paul said, I've been, I was in UCLA in March and people were talking about how Gabriel had boinked uh, Julia in order to graduate and get into Harvard. And Gabriel very coolly said, the rumors are the fruits of Miss Peterson's poisonous tree. Mm -hmm. She would be dealt with. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Paul, Super Paul, he finally let it out, Betty said. <laughs> and there you go. So, he, you know, Paul then said to, to Gabriel, you have to step this up. And, uh, yeah, it wouldn't sit well with Gabriel. <laughs> yeah. And he <laughs> asked, oh, <laughs> you have to step it up. Yeah, right. And, 
how about I'll step it up with your neck yeah, going up yeah. in here. Um, yeah. <laughs> so he asked uh, what that and with that. And uh, Paul went on to explain he had gotten to town yesterday and overheard a couple of older folks talking about Juliet and then had assumed she was a, they had assumed she was a bimbo. And that's why she was on the program. So Gabriel went on saying that he thought that she proved them wrong, which she did. Her paper was well presented and well received. He also responded to the blinking comment by waving his hand around saying that he had married her. <laughs> nanny, nanny, poo, poo. Um, <laughs> so Paul tells him that, uh, you know, you just, you don't deserve her. Right. And that I mean, that's, that's, that's when <laughs> it really, and that's, th this continues every, every question that was cat and mouse. And now it's just escalation and yep, saying you don't deserve her to the husband of, <laughs> of the woman that you pine for is just not cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just not. That is very true. So and when what's and as Shell points out, what what is Paul doing? To yeah, stop I was going to get to that after. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, he, you know, he that you know, Gabriel's now a little bit mm -hmm. angry, a little hot under the collar, and repeated it to Gabriel and he says, "said Don't you don't you think I know that?" Mm -hmm. So so Gabriel threw his china cup, smashing it into the pavement. Of course. Mm -hmm. He says, he said, every night I go to sleep with her in my arms, and I thank God she's mine. Every morning I wake up, and my first thought is of her grateful, how grateful uh, that she married me. I will never be worthy of her, and I spend every day trying my damnedest. You were her friend when she needed one, but listen to me when I tell you, Paul, you do not want to push me. Yeah. And I quoted that direct from the chapter. That was, that so was there, so powerful. <laughs> Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And, so, you know, there was a long silence between them, but Gabriel did hold his temper, which was good. And Paul was the first to look away. Plain mm -hmm. chicken. Um, Paul proceeded with his impressions of her when they first met. She was jumpy. He felt like he had to whisper so as not to scare her. She isn't like any, isn't like that anymore. And Gabriel agreed. Paul continued to show how she loves her program at, at Harvard. And Gabriel knew that and, and knew him. He was wrong. He didn't just want her. He loved her. And she was the one, Paul's telling him. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, can you imagine somebody coming up to your husband and telling him that? No. <laughs> no, I, but I, I, can, can't I can, I can, I can. Like he, this is well, and Gabriel, in the because it was such a unique situation, and Gabriel knew mm -hmm. Paul before he knew Julia. Well, theoretically, right? He, as a, mm -hmm. his student, mm -hmm. and it's just with all the history that they went through, and. And Gabriel's suspicion all along that, you know, he kept telling Julia, he wants you. And she's like, no, mm -hmm. just, 
No, no. No, I'm just a friend. He's just a friend. He's such a good friend, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Gabriel knew. Gabriel knew how Paul felt about Julia. Mm -hmm. And he was very clear. You can't have her. No. And, in fact, he was incredulous saying that to Paul, saying that she couldn't be the one uh, because she was his yes, wife. Yes, and there's lots of comments because she was his mm -hmm. wife. And I'll go back. Um, I, I wanted to dig into this a little more, Pam, which is when you mentioned Shell's initial sure. comment about, so what's Paul's doing to stop the rumors? And Betty said Paul's going straight to the source, talking to Gabriel. But I would have liked to have seen... Because in my mind, and this was not written, I feel like Paul would have said, no, I've, you know, I studied with Julia. She is legit. She's really good. I feel like he would have mm -hmm. spoken up on her behalf if he does feel this way for her. But I'm not, but we're not sure because we, we don't have those words. I don't know. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Pam? Do you think Paul was speaking up? I don't, I don't know. Or was he keeping quiet? I I, th I think Paul was just kind of being wherever he was. Maybe he was getting a coffee or, mm -hmm. or tea or a glass of milk. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, checking into wherever he was staying and he overheard the conversation. Mm -hmm. But he should, you know, I think if he, if he was really that um, angry at the fact that nobody was, seemed to be sticking up for her, that he would have yeah. said something. I... And he yeah. didn't. Uh, it's interesting because I thought, I thought that was a good question, Shell. And I do think going to the source, going mm -hmm. to Gabriel, was uh, also a very good action that he took in terms of the rumors. Mm -hmm. um, so, Betty, I, I, I understand that point. <laughs> and I love Shell said, CFP is the bimbo. And we, we all that agree on that one. And Elaine says... I still stand that Paul had no business, and this kind of gets into you, the what would happen if this, you know, someone said this to your husband. Um, I still mm -hmm. stand that get, Paul had no business having this conversation with the husband of his affection. Jeez, know your place, Paul. However, I'm so glad SR wrote it in, as it really is a standout in both the book and especially the movie. Yeah, Shell mm -hmm. agreed. And Ashley knows you have to control your temper. Very true. Absolutely. And Shell was like, Paul is out of his mind here. Like, what the hell? Um, mm -hmm. And Betty said, I like that Paul spoke up. Gabriel needs someone to make sure he wakes up and smells the coffee. Look around you, Gabriel. Things are happening. Rumors are being spread. Your wife is struggling with her career because of your dreams. Time to step up. Mm -hmm. And Shell, as we know, Shell has a very clear point of view on Paul, just like Betty does, uh, in opposite directions. Just like Betty, yes. Uh, Shell notes, sorry, I still don't see him as a good friend. And I think at this point, Paul hasn't been with, Gabe, with Gabriel, with Julia, for a while. It had, it had been very distant since they got married. So I don't... I think he still considers himself a friend to Julia, but his his passion for her now is kind of blinding him. Um, yeah. Ashley yeah. said he was lashing out, and Shell said brooding in silence. 
and Betty notes in the past, mm-hmm. Paul has always spoken up and defended her. I never doubted that he defended Julia. Bottom line, Elena says, not Paul's place to do this. Sorry, Betty. Um, nope. And Betty thinks this is a good question for the boss. I do too. Um, if I if I have mm-hmm. the wherewithal to remember to ask, let me make a note. Um, did Paul? What did Paul do to stop the rumors? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if he did anything. Yep. It's a good question, Shell. Um, and Shell noted Gabriel wasn't the source of the rumors. That was CFP. And Shell said, hey, help me mm-hmm. with my dissertation. And by the way, I want your wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but Shell, to be fair to Paul, he was not intending to go off on the Julia tangent, I don't think. I, I really think he was mm-hmm. just going to do the formal thing that he knew that Catherine expected him to do. So this isn't just him asking. This is, you know, knowing what is required in academia. And so he was checking off his to-do list. Um, but actually, the way you wrote that is pretty funny. Uh, and Gabriel mm-hmm. said, but Gabriel is the husband. If he cares for Julia's career and you know what Krista is doing, do something legally. And interesting because he had in the past taken legal action against people before, but I feel like he was deferring to Julia who didn't want him to do anything. Yeah, she, if I'm, yeah, she doesn't want to be, she doesn't want to be the center of attention right, all the time right. either. But man, when, Gabriel goes, I know you want her, and you can't have her. <laughs> you know, I was like... Exactly. Um, <laughs> and it's, this is such, it is a heart-wrenching scene. I mean, Paul's passion mm-hmm. and his, you know, his just desperation that he, he knows that he can't have, you know, it's just this pining this unrequited love and it's just sad. Um, but he does have to accept this. I mean, she married, it's it's always been about Gabriel for Julia and she married him. Mm -hmm. He married her. He changed. He, he, she's made him want to be a better person. So, and she's also, she's also in, uh, reinforced herself and she's grown more confident right, right. they've grown and, and they've grown does, together so. um, mm-hmm. um and sadly paul doesn't see that yeah yet. gabe betty notes gabriel does things behind julia's back all the time what would be different this time mm-hmm. i uh well it would be public i don't one. think he, i mean that's if you do a, a, a yeah if, if you do some kind of legal action that's something that she would find out about because um, I'm sure Krista would retaliate in some way. Um, Paul seems to want to champion Julia, whether she wants it or not, Shell said. And uh, Shell, that's I think, has always been Paul's case, you know, because he initially mm-hmm. envisioned her. And, and I am glad to see he's recognized uh, she's a stronger woman now. I, I was mm-hmm. glad to hear him say that, but I think he still views her or treats her as the quiet, shy little rabbit. And he wants to champion her. And, and 
and be a protector because he wants her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she, and the way she's grown and become more, more into mm -hmm. herself and her yeah. confidence and with, and him not being around to see it as much, you know, it's, it's hard for him yeah. to accept, but that doesn't mean that he should continue on with his pining. Yeah. And, and Shell knows Gabriel is evolving, trying to learn to communicate and be a better person, which I do agree with. And that's been True. demonstrated. Betty notes, Paul does accept it, but it doesn't, that doesn't mean it won't turn, won't hurt him. He is still bleeding from his wound. Yes, he is. I, I mean, my heart hurts for him. Elena said, "Yep, correct." Julia just wants to put wanted to put this behind her and not rock the boat. Gabriel didn't want to overstep his wife's wishes. Ultimately, they do agree to have his attorney make contact with CFP. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think after this little stunt in Oxford, this was kind of like the last straw. Um, yeah. Shell says, Paul can't help how he feels. I get that. However, he can help what he does about it. Really good point, Shell. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get over him saying he missed the rabbit. <laughs> and again, you know, I, I said this before. Um, I wish there would have been a little more explanation in the film version about why he said called her the rabbit in the beginning. Because I don't think people, mm -hmm. without reading the book, understood that reference. And I think it came off a little odd. Um, reading did. the book, it, it makes perfect sense. And then the reference to the Velveteen Rabbit and all the stuff. I mean, it was beautifully constructed. Um, I just, I, I wish it would have been explained more in the film. Because oh. I think have, I think that and rabbit I, we, reference throughout the film is kind of like, makes Paul seem a little odd. A little odd? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um and Elena notes, Paul wants the rabbit back. He's not really comfortable with the new Julia. He's lost her. Mm, that's an interesting mm -hmm. perspective, Elena. It is. It is. It's but kind it of, is, it's but kind it is of a good perspective. The loss of what was. And when she was the rabbit initially, he still had a chance with her. And there was still that possibility mm -hmm. that he could have her. You know? And, and now that's gone. Yeah. Paul is odd, Shell notes. Elena said she agreed about the rabbit in the movie version uh, being lost. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> at this very tense moment in the scene, mm -hmm. I now continue if I can open my file. Okay. Um, <laughs> You know, Gabriel just said, yeah, and, incredibly, and, um, she cannot be the one. She is my wife. And mm -hmm. Paul knew, and Paul knew that. that and looked over Gabriel's shoulder, saying to him that he had met this pretty, sweet Catholic girl, the kind you can introduce your parents to, the kind you were looking for your whole life. I treated her right. We became friends. When an asshole comes along and breaks her heart, she's crying so hard she falls asleep on my couch. The semester ends and she follows her dream to Harvard. You find her a job in an apartment, and then I tell her that I love her. And when I ask her to choose me, she doesn't. She can't love me because she's still in love with the asshole. Paul laughs and goes on. And this guy 
fucks around and he treats her horribly. He drinks and, for all I know, seduced her for kicks. He's into BDSM and was involved with the professor who hits on her students. So who knows? Who knows what goes on behind closed doors? When he leaves her, I'm ecstatic. She has the chance to be with someone who will be good for her and treat her with gentleness and never make her cry. And then, to my amazement, the asshole comes back. And what does he do? He asks her to marry him, and she accepts. At this point, Paul is truly frustrated. This is my life in a nutshell, he says. Find the perfect girl and lose the girl to the asshole who broke her heart and will probably break it again and again. And then I get an invitation to the big fancy wedding in Italy. <laughs> I think at this point, Paul has completely just lost his... I mean, he just has I, lost it. He just he, let loose. He just can't. He just can't. You know, because... Uh, and I'm, I'm seeing... Betty noted that the needs, the film needed more Paul. And Brenna said, more of course, Paul, of course. Uh, he's low-key and had a possessive side and wanted to mold her and make her what she, what she wanted her to be in all things. Um, I took, yeah, took and Shell said, that's point. what I thought, Brenda. Betty said, I think Paul needs to spend more time to get to know the new Julia. They've missed a lot in between and now are in different places in their lives. And Betty, I think that's a really good point, not just for Julia. And, and you, I know you've mentioned this too. Paul doesn't have the whole story. Paul has only seen little tidbits of this. He doesn't understand Gabriel's mm -hmm. evolution. He doesn't understand their backstory. He doesn't know about the fact that Julia's been in love with him since she was in high school, 17. 17. Like, yeah. So Paul is only seeing very, very random clips of their relationship. And most of what he's seen has been really negative and, and painful for him to see with Julia um, through, mm -hmm. through, through the lens of Julia. And Betty says, oh, my God, Paul, the pain. I feel your pain. And Shell said, here is Paul's ignorance, though, listening to gossip and eavesdropping information instead of talking about this to Gabriel. And mm -hmm. Betty notes the wedding was the last straw. I do think that, too. And Elena says, what makes this even worse for Paul is that he doesn't have the whole Gabriel-Julia history. He only knows what he's seen and heard in Toronto. He's not privy to what Gabriel-Julia right. have together. Yes, Elena, that's... That's very... That is yeah, so true. It, it, it's, you know, it doesn't... Yeah. Make, it, it doesn't make it complete. And Shell noted, if he was so concerned, he could have brought this to Gabriel. Um, meaning, I'm guessing, Shell, you're thinking he should have raised this with Gabriel a lot earlier. Um, yeah, he, he should have. And Betty said, Paul just told us everything he knows. There's a lot missing, but this is because Julia only shared a small piece of her story. And Shell, I agree with that, Betty. I totally agree with that. Um, Shell notes he could have even asked Julia. But Julia, you know, when they were in at Toronto... They were keeping things quiet. So the mm -hmm. only time she could have shared with him, and maybe this would have been the best thing to do, but she was so heartbroken at this point, was to tell Paul the whole story 
when they were moving to Boston. Of how they met, yeah. That would have been the time when Paul professed his love to her. And she was like, I'm sorry, but, you know, I'm still in love with Gabriel. Mm-hmm. And that could have been the time that she unloaded and shared, you know, all of these things. And it mm-hmm. still wouldn't have made a difference because then he, Paul wouldn't know the second half of the story when Gabriel came back and and worked together with her and went to counseling and all the things. Um, yeah, and, you know, Betty points out that at that time, Gabriel was showing the worst side of uh, mm-hmm. himself. He was unprofessional with Julia and Paul and the way he yelled at her in class. That oh, kind of stuff. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it made for great, great story <laughs> telling. Yeah. Um, so. And, yeah, he allowed his jealousy to take over and mistreat both Julia mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Paul, which led to this all of this and miscommunication. Paul. Julia doesn't share much with anybody. Even Rachel doesn't know Gabriel and Julia met when she was 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Elena said, sorry, Paul, but your timing is always off. Catch up and move on. And yes, Julia did not help the situation. I do feel she led Paul on whether she realized it or not. That's, I know this is a point we've, and it's, I'm sorry, Anna's not on (laughs) because Anna would be definitely adding a lot to this conversation. (laughs) Um, Yes, she would. Yes, she would. But was one thing mentioned in today's discussion um, until now, the the thing, what Julia's role was in this. Um, Shell states that Paul was unprofessional. And Betty said, if Paul knew the whole story, it'd probably help him get let go of Julia. You know what, Betty, I agree with that statement. If, if he would have understood, this was kind of a, you know, destined love right so i think paul mm-hmm, may have mm-hmm. that may have may have possibly done the trick to uh help him understand um i think it would i have. think right shell's note yeah uh, because you know i you know he he's a he doesn't know it at all any of this in the behind behind them and you know, it, it probably would have helped him, but you know, as uh, Shell says, he was he was the teaching assistant, and he oh, eavesdropped yeah. a lot. See, so he was spreading rumors. You know, they they I've always heard that men are the worst gossips. It's funny, men. I've heard that too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a person by person basis, truly. It, it, it is, and it's I think not... it's a person by person basis for yeah. anybody. But yeah. And and Betty said, I agree, Julia Julia did did lead him him on a couple times, and Paul's ignorance led him to believe there was a chance he and Julia could have been together. Yeah, it is, it is, you know, again, I I, I feel my heart hurts for Paul. It it does. So, Mm -hmm. you know, after the, uh, (laughs) after Paul's tirade about uh, his, his, story until now the story of Paul and Julia uh, Gabriel had heard enough and he said to Paul that in the first place Julia is not his girl and she never was but out of respect to his wife who does seem to care for him I will admit to being an asshole he said I don't have to justify myself Mm -hmm. to Paul or to anyone else 
Uh, but I am not that man anymore. I mean, this is Gabriel telling Paul, I am not yeah. this person that you have painting me or that you witnessed bad behavior. I'm not, I don't act like that anymore. And he was very clear that he had never fucked around on her and never will. He will never break her heart again. Good, was Paul's response. And then he says, so you should also let her finish her pro program. <laughs> so here, Paul's going back for the next round. He just digging into <laughs> I it. I know. You just, you think that they kind of calming the situation down. Gabriel actually, surprisingly, mm -hmm. is the one kind of calming the situation down. And then Paul goes and throws some kerosene on the fire by saying, so let her finish her program. And Gabriel, almost whispering, said, let her, let her. And Paul said, she might take time <laughs> off, off or give up on something. Urge her to continue. And Gabriel was taken back. He was taken back a little bit with this and asked if Paul mm -hmm. had anything else he wanted to share. And he suggested <laughs> that Mr. Norris spit it out. So Paul did. Paul said she feels guilty about putting her grad program on a high priority. And this became clear to him that Julia had something to Paul, said something to Paul. And, you know, Gabriel's piecing this together and asked him, mm -hmm. did Julia tell you this? And Paul acknowledged this and also suggested mm -hmm. that she mentioned she didn't have many friends. Oh, my gosh. I see all the comments popping up on here. I know. <laughs> I, like, I know. I know. Because next round, as Betty says, round two. <laughs> round uh, two. Ding, ding. And in this corner. Yeah. <laughs> Betty's saying um, to the discussion about Paul spreading rumors, she didn't think... Paul spread rumors. He just made a few comments to Julia, but it's not like he spoke to everyone about the different things he heard. He's not Gossip Girl or Lady Whistledown. <laughs> Brenda said he also saw a relationship no, there and had made up his hopes about it. Yeah, I think he kind of had his heart set on yeah, things. Yeah, you know, I th he visualized. I think that happens the a lot. He wanted. Um, yeah. I, I think that happens a lot when you, you're in an unrequited love situation where you're really hoping mm -hmm. something will come along. And I think you sometimes play it out in your own mind and you think about it so long that you will start believing it yeah. too. Or hoping for it. You know? You know? Yeah, hoping. Definitely hoping. Yeah. Um, round two, Betty said, this is good. They are talking. And Julia not mm -hmm. having friends is her doing it's not gabriel's doing shell noted and <laughs> betty mm -hmm. said it's time to remove the band-aids and let it all out well he definitely did that betty and shell notes regarding the mm -hmm. friends comment that julia could be making friends um and betty said but gabriel has a big influence on her and sometimes she's just lets gabriel boss her around i think part of it too is she what? just wants to be with gabriel that's a good part You know, part of it's it. not that but she the doesn't want to be with other is, people. She just enjoys being with him. And yeah, and between that and studying, and the other thing she is, has free time. She wants to spend it with her husband. Um, but I, I agree true. that and, Paul and shouldn't when, blame Julia not having friends on Gabriel. I, I don't think that was a fair yeah, comment yeah, on, on no. Paul's part. 
No, it wasn't. And and like I was going to say, it was, um, you know, she has started speaking with other people in her program. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they go to Grendel's or wherever. And, uh, you know, it's just that Gabriel doesn't really want to be with them because of the student-teacher, yeah. you know, dynamic that's there. And, and I, you know, you can understand that. And, you know, she wants to be with him all the time, but at the same time, she does like to be able to go out with other people her own age. Right. Right. Betty said, too much Gabriel wears down the batteries. Julia, you need friends, other people to speak to, not just a therapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think she was, slow, yeah. well, to your point, Pam, I think she was start, slowly starting to establish that group of friends. Mm-hmm. It just takes time. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. that's something that uh, Paul hasn't seen because he hasn't been in Boston with them. No, he hasn't. And, and uh, he did, you know, they're not even in the same program together as far as classes and stuff either. Right. So that makes it, that makes it a little bit different. Oh, I love this chapter. This is so good. I just love our discussion. Yeah, that gets into a lot. <laughs> gets into a lot. So Gable asked, how convenient for him. You're interested in becoming her friend. Paul said it was not convenient for him at all and asked if Gabriel got it. Paul went on to say that he loved Julia because he loved her and he would listen to her worry about making Gabriel happy. The asshole who left her. <laughs> and if she had friends in Cambridge, she wouldn't need to confide in him, which I think is partially true. And so then uh, Gabriel was, was none too pleased to hear about what that Julia was confiding in Paul, which <laughs> I, that was a little off on her part. And went at mm-hmm. that lunch, and Paul and Paul said that he could he uh, could not be friends with her anymore, and this kind of surprised Gabriel. And asked if he had told her that, and uh, he also asked if he came to the dis- this decision on his own, which he did. He asked Paul when he when he planned to tell her, and uh, this this was a problem for Paul. Mm-hmm. He could not tell her to her face, and. You know, he most definitely would not tell her before her lecture that that would have been cruel. So he decided that uh, when he got back to Vermont, he would write her. And she was he was sure that would make him happy. So, you know, he's, he's, he's coming to that conclusion where he's got to separate himself from them. I know. Which is a good thing. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard, but necessary mm-hmm. but he could also have just it is. back it is. And, and not you know because it's not like she mm-hmm. was reaching out to him constantly you know you know mm-hmm. it's not like they saw each other every day it's not like they talked or facetimed every day so and she knew things you know he had He's working on his research. He was still helping at the farm. Like he knew, she knew he was pretty busy mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. So, right, right. You know, but I think, well, so, I think he could have clarified that. You know, I, Julia, mm-hmm. I realize I still have feelings for you, and I need to be respectful of that. 
and maybe not engage with you as much. I don't know if you had to end the friendship, but I guess in this case, he felt like I think like on his end, he would have had to. Um, but, you know, Betty's pointing out that uh, uh, Paul loves Julian and he won't take, away, take her away from Gabriel because uh, he, he's not a selfish man. And I, I'm, I'm not I'm sure I agree with that because I think he is being selfish by the way he's, he's taking her, her away. Yeah. You know, he, he, he didn't have to tell her face-to-face before her lecture, but after the lecture yeah. he could. You know? Well, I think I think I know, the fact that he was not going to he could have done it at the end her. of their trip instead of waiting to go mm-hmm. back and writing her a letter. But right. maybe it's, it was more than he could bear. I don't know. That's a good possibility. Um, That's a good possibility. And uh yeah, and then he says, "Could you imagine?" Betty says, "Could you imagine if they Facetime?" Yeah, that would drive Gabriel insane and hurt Paul even more. Yeah, uh-huh. and uh-huh. you know, Betty had earlier had noted that um, this is what a true friend does. Gabriel, he listens, but he also learns to go when it's time to let go. And you know, Brenda was questioning whether Julia would have opened up to others really. She doesn't trust easily. She knows Paul, and that makes her feel comfortable sharing things with him. I think if she, you know, even people that have trust issues with other people, if they finally meet somebody that they can sit down and talk with, they, they do get to that point. I feel like a share, I feel like students will get to that point in an in a intensive program like that. They're kind of like they're in the trenches mm-hmm. together. And sometimes that forges closeness. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, it's not it's not, not somebody something she has currently. And Shell said once again, I right, think Paul right. is only thinking of himself. He promised to always be there for her, and then boom, I can't be your friend anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's not, you're not you're not wrong on that. I, but I think mm-hmm. Paul's doing this for self preservation. And yeah. he's he's realizing definitely. he can't be her friend because he can't. Obviously, his feelings are overwhelming him. And so he wouldn't be a good mm-hmm. friend to her um, in, in any way. And, and Elena said, have to give that Gabriel the high five on this one to tell Paul that maybe he shouldn't break the tie with Julia. That was huge. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Gabriel's tongue was bleeding yeah. from biting it as he said that line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and and Betty Betty looked, made if he did if Paul did break it off with her after the lecture he would have he would hurt her and her trip would be ruined. Yeah, I I see that Betty, I, her wanting to have a good remembrance remembrance of the entire experience. I get that. Yeah, and Brenda was saying that he's too vulnerable and he didn't want her to truly see the effect she had on him. Yeah, I, I mean, he's, he, I, I just think he's, he's lost an emotion, right? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, and you know what, to be honest with you, I can empathize a little bit with Paul mm-hmm. on this. Um, my very first boyfriend, <laughs> when I was 15, mm. he was, he'd just graduated from high school. And went into the Marine Corps. 
And um, he came home after basic training. And at that point, much to my parents' delight, uh, I had grown less fond of him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I wanted to break up with him, and uh, I couldn't do it. I made my father do it for me. Oh, <laughs> oh Pam. Oh, I know, I know. I, 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 I was such a chicken. I couldn't you face were 15. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was. Mm. And like and like I said, my, my, my mother and father worried about that relationship so much. Mm. They thought I'd be uh, running away and getting married at 15 with this. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it, did, it anyway. didn't hurt your father to say, um, she's not that into you anymore. She hasn't seen it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it was, I can tell you for a fact, he was very delighted about it. <laughs> Oh my gosh! So, so <laughs> Betty says, admit that yeah, chapter. Yeah, <laughs> Elena says it's been way too long, Pam. It's Finally, the next chapter in your book. <laughs> Betty said, "Too chapter." But you know what's really scary about that? He, um, when he finally got out of the service, he became a Pennsylvania State Police. Oh wow! That's what his dream was to be to join the. Pennsylvania State Aww. Police, and um, <laughs> about, I guess, I guess about 10 years later, he stopped by my old house, so I stopped by, talked to mm -hmm. my mom, and asked what I was doing, and my mom's like, well, you know, she moved to New York. <laughs> <laughs> you were the one who got um, away, Yeah. I am. I am. Yep. Scary stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So. Well, you know, and Betty also said this about the vulnerability um, comment that that uh, Brenda noted. She said Paul needs time to heal. He is vulnerable. No matter how much he wants to be there for her, he also needs to look out for himself. His father had a heart attack. His family needs him. He's struggling with his career. And he still loves her. A person can only take so much. So, and Paul is human, Shell said. He has emotions. I get that. But he has made many mistakes as well as blaming. So blaming Gabriel for everything is not helpful, Shell notes. No. Yes. So, so uh, Gabriel told Paul he took no pleasure in, hurt, in him hurting his wife and that he loved her, and that his friendship was important to her. But Paul said it was time to move on. And uh, it would kill him to write the truth, but he would. Gabriel wondered if he could uh, change his mind, and he told Paul, Paul that, and he was very noble, and, and he had misjudged him, for, and for that he was sorry. Uh, Paul said that he was not doing it for Gabriel, and he was not doing this so he would be a reader on his dissertation or to write him a recommendation for it. He also said that he was going to tell Catherine and say, you declined. And as he started to walk away, Gabriel called back to him and said, uh, you know, he, he had always been planned on being a reader, whether he continued his friendship with Julia or not. His research stood on its own, its own merits, and extend and he extended his hand. Paul shook Gabriel's hand and said, "Thank you." 
they gave each other the look of, you know, of warriors after a long battle where both sides took heavy losses. But he also told uh, Gabriel that he was not going to interfere in his marriage, but warned him that if he ever broke her heart again, he was going to have a problem. And Gabriel said that he would deserve it. And with that, Paul saying goofily, can we stop touching each other now? <laughs> and Gabriel dropped his hands. Absolutely. <laughs> and Betty notes, yes, you did misjudge my Paul. We accept your apology, Gabriel. But Betty, I think that goes both ways. <laughs> they misjudged each other. Yes. Um, they absolutely did. Paul definitely did not expect Gabriel's reaction. And I think there was some good resolution coming from the discussion. Um, especially, you know, at the end, I, it, and that shows Gabriel's professionalism too. You mm -hmm. know, he wasn't going to let a personal uh, interaction or a personal struggle color his academic assessment of someone who's deserving. So, you know, I thought that good. You know, I think Gabriel was surprised that Paul was really deciding to back off. Mm. Mm -hmm. I think so, too. And I, I do. It, it shows the maturity of both of them in each other professionally. Yeah. As opposed to going through everything else they were doing. Yeah. And as Betty said, what a chapter. So much was said, cleared, and in some crazy way, a bit of closure. Uh -huh. I think so. I think it set the path. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the closure <laughs> of the uh, Paul and... Uh, I'm, I'm just laughing because Elena said, that this was exhausting. <laughs> With the laughing emojis. <laughs> it was, it yeah. was. It's one of those fights that, with the, all the emotions going through, that mm -hmm. would be very exhausting. And but as Betty correctly notes, but Paul is still in the dark regarding Gabriel and Julia's backstory. So Paul is still going to have the misconception mm -hmm. of Gabriel, but he's definitely having a clearer picture of the future. Yeah, he won't understand. He won't understand any of the any of the past. But he, I think Paul at least would probably feels a little more comfort maybe is the wrong word mm -hmm. but knowing that Gabriel's not this horrific guy that he appeared to be in the past he seems like he's not going to mistreat Julia right um and I think there was I think at one there was an element of Paul actually being afraid that he was going to be really awful to her um Oh, I'm sure there was. I mean, yeah, even though Paul did do a lot of eavesdropping and, and, and stuff of it with, and all the, especially with uh, Professor mm -hmm. Singer. But, um, you know, he'll, he, he'll get over it. Yeah. He'll get over it. Yeah. And Shell said, I don't think Paul That's would care much about the me. past connection. <laughs> I think at this point he probably wouldn't. I feel like he would have earlier in the, in their story. I think that would have helped him understand why Julia was still in love with him when they had the break in, in Gabriel's um, Inferno. 
I mean, or right. in the earlier books, earlier part of the book, of the story. Yeah. <laughs> and one so. day he'll be Uncle Paul. Hint, hint, Gabriel. Paul. Insert evil laugh. <laughs> And give give little Claire a nice little rabbit. <laughs> Shell says he'd he'd still be resentful. Yeah, I, I I don't doubt that. I just think I don't know. I feel like that may have helped him understand that this wasn't just a passing fancy. That this has been something that's been in Julia's mind for years and years and years. It's not just something that happened in a matter of weeks or months. Um, no. And Betty said again, I understand why Paul would be concerned with Gabriel. And Shell, again, really rightly notes, Julia's had tunnel vision since she was 17. Yeah. And Paul yes, couldn't compete. There's no way Paul could compete with that. All Gabriel, all the time. No, nobody could. And nobody could compete with that, whether it had been Paul or yeah. Tom Smith or Joe Blow. To quote Julia, Betty says, six freaking years. Elena says, Paul only knows the stoic public version of Gabriel and he and the rumors. He doesn't have a clue about the tender, caring, loving side he shows Julia in private. That's true, too. That is true. And I think that if they had been friend enough to see them together, either like in a home setting or whatever, outside of uh, conferences and classrooms, he might have seen yeah. that. But they don't really socialize with each other. <laughs> Hashtag sketchy Guido sketchy, is sketchy. Guido sketchy. So you never disappoint. <laughs> That's good. That is yeah. Good. So I, so. you know, again, this really is one of my favorite chapters because um, there was so much meat to it. Um, mm -hmm. And and I, I thought it translated really well to the screen. So. Yes, it did. And yes, it Betty, did. Paul never saw them outside of the classroom. And that was by design on their parts. Again, I think if Paul was mm -hmm. living in Boston now, it would have been a different might be story. A different. And then he would have understood. You know, he would have seen them at mm -hmm. coffee together. You know. Uh, yes, it was definitely worth the wait, Betty. <laughs> and again, she says the film uh. is more Paul. Oh, good. Floor made it. They do. She has errands to run with her mom. See you guys next week. Have a great weekend. It was good all, seeing you. Yes. So next week, yes. I, I will either be in my kitchen. We will not be broadcasting <laughs> on Saturday morning because of a scheduling issue for me. I'm going to be on a ferry to Martha's Vineyard. There you um, go. But. So. So that gives me two weeks to get my modem fixed. <laughs> yes. And then we have or, birthday or celebrations coming, back to coming up, friends. That is so true. stay tuned, and we will let you know about the birthday party that we're planning for the, the ladies, Emerson. For, and yes. the, the madams. And, and yes. And then we'll be able to continue on. And... Yes, mm -hmm. Betty, Julie and Claire's birthday party. Are you ready? <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yes. And uh, one of the things, thank you, uh, Elena. Uh, Cheryl's grandfather is not doing that yes. well. And he's got a birthday coming up in October. And Cheryl texted the other night asking if, if we could send cards to her grandfather. Um, 
just to make them feel better and, and what have you. And uh, I put the her, her addresses on our Twitter feed. Um, it's a post office box down in Georgia. So uh, if you go out there, you'll find it. I'll pin the post. It's not pinned at the moment. And we just lost Leslie. So anyway, I will uh, let, let it lead us off. So you can go there, find it, and um, we'll, you know, give him a little cheer. He's a, he's a good man. So everybody, you have a good week, a good couple of weeks, and we will see you back for the summer. I am going to leave you with today. Uh, My Life by the Beatles. Have a good week, everyone. There are